0: Um, But I am doing the second last message of the fruit of the Spirit, um, which is gentleness. A good one. Um, And the fruit of the Spirit, for those who don't know or those who haven't been in a little while, um, are not so much just like virtues um, that we get to like pick and choose or that people have expectations of us um, being Christian, but... They're more like facets of the Holy Spirit. And so if I could ask anything of you this week, it's not that you try really hard to be gentle or that you try really hard to do the gentle things, but instead you be still before the Lord and you actually let his spirit work that in you. And gentleness will come out as a fruit. It's not something that you pick and you get to run with or anything like that. It's a facet of the Holy Spirit and it comes from him. Um, So is Louie here? Yeah, so this, this week, they say that whenever like you're speaking on something in church, that's the topic that you kind of get challenged on through the weekend. and uh, I would say that I wasn't very gentle this week, and um, Louis came into the cafe earlier this week, and I was like, oh, I was just so angry at this kind of like story happened with a lady at a servo being rude to me, or whatever, and I was like, and I just got in the car, and I just screamed, and Louis said, what are you preaching on this week? I was like, gentleness, and he goes... <laughs> Well, you're not going to do that again, are you? And I was like, no, I don't think so. (laughs) Um, But I feel like that kind of has given me a really good opportunity to either choose to just grin and bear it and give like a really like happy, gentle message or and feel like a bit of a hypocrite or actually come before you guys and say that this is something that doesn't come naturally to me. I wouldn't say that I'm a naturally gentle, like go with the flow kind of person, but it's not about. Taking the fruit and running with it. It's about being still before the Lord and being teachable and malleable and actually open to having your heart changed on things like that. So, um, and again, like I'm not saying this because I finally got a captive audience to listen to all my problems. Like I'm not like, well, buckle in, everyone. I've had a big week. But I just, (laughs) I just kind of want to, um, Like speak to the people who feel a little bit fraudulent being here. And maybe like they walked through the doors and like were a little bit surprised that they didn't burst in flames or, you know, feel like everyone's staring at them because they're the outsider in church. I want to remind you guys that we come here on a Sunday, not because we think we're awesome and everyone out there is terrible, but because we're broken, we're able to admit it. We're able to admit that we need a saviour. And we're able to declare and worship that we have a Savior. And He comes in the form of a man, and the man's name is Jesus. He died for our sins, and that's kind of what I want to start with. I just want to start by saying that no one's saying that they're, they're gentle by getting up here. We're not saying that, like, we're kind, learn from us. Like, we're saying that we're, we're prepared to. <laughs> Stop, Lisa. We're, we're prepared to say that we're actually in need of a saviour and that kind of attitude of surrender is where you start with the Holy Spirit Um, so if you are kind of sitting here being like why am I even in church just let your heart be open a little bit you can still cross your arms you can still roll your eyes whatever I won't judge you but just open your heart a little bit because just in case God is who he says he is and just in case the spirit does want to minister to you today just let him in just in case okay so that is my encouragement and prayer for you this week Um, so, like I said, gentleness is my fruit. Hasn't come naturally to me this week. Um, in fact, when I started writing this message, um, on a Monday, I do Homework Club with Ebony. And, um... This story is terrible. But I was driving one of the kids home, and he was just being a nightmare. He was taking a long time to get in the car. He was ta- like, maybe like 30 minutes. And I had to go, and I was rounding him up. And so I just went, and I just yelled at him, and I said, and get in the back seat, because I don't even want to look at you. And so <laughs> And so here we were. <laughs> and about five minutes down the road, like, um, Homework Club is just over at Church House. And about five, five minutes down the road, I said, looked in my rearview mirror at him, and I was like, he was just sitting there like this. And I was like, I'm really sorry about that. Like, I'm trying to write this message on gentleness, and, you know... (laughs) I'll admit I wasn't very gentle to you just then. And he goes, that's all right, Rihanna. We're all just learning. So... so, (laughs) On that note, we're all just learning. So the kind of gentleness that is used through the Bible and that Paul speaks about in this passage in Galatians, also known as meekness, um, in the original Greek translation, I'm going to say this once, maybe twice, is protes, which um, doesn't mean gentleness and softness and weakness or anything like that. It actually um, comes from the the idea that it's kind of like this wild stallion in the bush kind of thing. And, you know, it has incredible strength and um, you know, might have destruction in his past like that. And this this word that means gentleness is the idea that this wild stallion has been tamed. And it doesn't mean that it's any less strong. It doesn't mean that it's any weaker, but it means that all of its strength has become under control. And for it to remain tamed and for it to remain disciplined, it takes choice, it takes obedience and it takes that discipline. So it doesn't mean that it's more weak, which isn't like That was kind of a um, new idea to me, that um, meekness isn't weakness or whatever like that. But instead, gentleness that is used throughout the Bible is strength under control. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And aside from Jesus, there was only one man in the Bible who was referred to as gentle. And that was Moses. And, you know, we think of Moses as the hero of the Bible. He split the Red Sea. He did all the things. But for a gentle guy, Moses had a bit of an anger issue. He wasn't just like cruisy with it, was obedient to the Lord all the time. Moses killed a man because he was angry and wanted revenge. Like that's not like road rage kind of anger. That's killed a man. He smashed the Ten Commandments because he was so angry. So the difference between that kind of crazy strength and anger and things like that and the kind of gentleness that God would look to him and say, you are gentle is the fact that Moses was willing to be teachable. Moses was willing to show discipline and, and the kind of strength that is under control. And so that's the kind of gentleness that I want to be talking about today. Um, just so you kind of like know where I'm coming from and know why we want to be gentle. So the text that I'm talking from, or about, is um, Matthew 11 verse 28. And it's when Jesus is talking to the Pharisees about getting caught up in um, their legalism or kind of over-religious ways. Um, And this is where Jesus refers to himself as being gentle. So Jesus doesn't often talk about his own virtues or his own nature. He says that he's a son of God, things like that, but doesn't often talk about the nature of who he is. But here he says, "'Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest.'" Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, there's that word gentle, and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's a great scripture, isn't it? Um, And so when I spoke to my youth girls about this a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about the word yoke, and like naturally these days, like we're talking about like eggs benedict things like that so let me just explain what the word yoke means and why it's used so often through the bible as kind of an analogy because we're not talking about the eggs benedict that's what jack said this morning as well he was like eggs benny and i was like no the yoke of an oxen jackson <laughs> i'm just joking um but so a yoke does that, does anyone know what a yoke is so it's used in old farming techniques, and the the way that they kind of did it was like it was a big wooden thing that went over the shoulders of like large animals, so horses, cows, bulls, ox. I don't really know any of those other, but they're called like beasts, right? Which is so mean. But um, um, and this analogy is used throughout the Bible to say like um that you're, like, tied to something. And the ox would be yoked together to, like, plough these really rough fields and um, help the farmers with the farming. So, um, you know, pretty, like, simple analogy, and that's exactly what it means. But um, I just want to unpack the verse a little bit and see why Jesus is talking about us taking on a yoke. Because from the outset, it kind of looks like that's a bit of a dodgy deal, walking through rough terrain, getting whipped, getting taken, you know, working really hard for all of their life but the first point is I want to say from it is we all have a yoke to something you kind of like want to think from the outside and say I knew it Jesus just wants me to take a yoke so I can be in Christianity and live with the rules and live with the laws and the religion and I'll never live up to the rules of Christianity but we all have a yoke we are all yoked to something. And in today's society, it may not be a yoke to slavery, but it might, may be a yoke to substance abuse, maybe a yoke to addiction, addiction to self. It may be a yoke to a broken family, an unhealthy relationship. These are the kinds of things that are more than just baggage, but it's what our identity is hooked on. That is the kind of things that we're yoked to now. And so, Jesus isn't just calling us out of, you know, the playground where we're free and we're, we're having fun and a good time like that. He's calling us out of a life where we're under the bondage of the world. This world is broken. We're under the pressure all of the time and the bondage of substances, of people, of finances that weigh us down and make us feel like we're constantly trudging through with no hope. God is calling us out of that and say, hey, come to me. Come into my yoke. And it's like. You know, the yoke of the world is kind of like the yoke that makes us complain every Monday morning, makes us eye roll at our husbands, it makes us ever wonder whether life is really worth living and that is not the spirit of God, that is the spirit of the world that makes it okay to complain. Oh, well, I'm all right for a Monday, living weekend to weekend, that is the yoke of the world and instead Jesus is offering us rest and not just rest of the weekend and not just rest for the summer vacay but Rest for our souls. There is no yoke that can promise that. Jesus says, my yoke is easy and the burden is light. I want to lead you. I want to guide you. I want to be with you through every single step. And that is where Christianity is different to other faiths. They get rules and we get a relationship. The second point is that while the burden is light... It doesn't mean the walk is easy. Jesus says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, but remember how we're trudging through the kind of like rough terrain, plowing the unkept ground? Let's not confuse an easy yoke to an easy walk. In fact, when we're walking with Jesus, let's just assume that we're going to be running into some troubles. The message paraphrase says in 1 Peter 4.12, me like doing the numbers like you're following along, 12, (laughs) he says friends when he says when not if life gets really difficult don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job instead be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced this is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner if you're abused because of Christ count yourself fortunate it's the spirit of God and his glory in you that brought you to the notice of others. If they're on you because you broke the law or disturbed the peace, that's a different manner. Fair. But if it's because you're a Christian, don't give it a second thought. Be proud of the distinguished status reflected in that name. That's straight out of the Bible. That's amazing. If we're being abused, torn down, attacked or targeted because of Christ, good news. Good news. You know why? Because it means that you're still walking with Christ. It means that you're still yoked with Christ. It's good news. So while the suffering may feel like it's going forever, rejoice. And remember that God has given us a promised land, a life where there is restoration, there is healing, there is peace beyond our understanding. A heavenly perspective will realign and reinstate our walk with Christ. We've got to fix our eyes on Jesus, who's walking right with us through everything. He hasn't abandoned us through the rough times. He's walking right next to us. In Hebrews 12, it says, let us run the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus. That doesn't mean keeping our eyes on the promise of heaven. It means keeping our eyes on the one that we are yoked to. He is the founder and perfecter of our faith. For instead of the joy lying before him, he endured the cross. Jesus didn't need to come into this treacherous field to rescue us. He didn't need to come and walk beside us or offer us his yoke. But he did. Instead of enduring what he deserved, he chose to come down to us to endure the suffering, to make sure that we're walking with him and that when we get up to that promised land, he's the one who said, we did it and we're in. And that is what a yoked to Christ enables us to do with the heavenly perspective that realigns us. And the, the third, and nearly the last point that I want to make, I kind of like looked at the run sheet and I was like, this is like, we're going to be in church till like 1pm today. I thought, it, But everyone was very efficient, so Adam Miller will be happy. Where's he? Early, early exit on your birthday, my friend. That's my gift to you. <laughs> Adam messages me when he's got things after church and he's like are you preaching today because I've got to go to somewhere after so that's your birthday call out my friend (laughs) okay and the third point from this scripture there actually I have been sitting on this scripture for a couple of weeks and every time I read it I feel like God speaks to me about something different in it and I just said Lord I can't ramble about all of these things and just go and go and go and go but God said it's just as important to know what to leave out as to what to include so I just wanted to get these three points and the third one that I want to say to you today if you want to talk about the scripture more I mean ears to hear I'm here um, is that Jesus endured the beating and sponsored by YouTube and Google I actually know a lot about how ox do the farming and things like that. I've watched lots of... I watch every recommended um, video. I know how they do it. I know how the farmers go. Adam's party. <laughs> They're on the setup. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, they needed the call-out. <laughs> No-one's coming back. Um, but... One of the techniques that they use is they get the kind of like weak, young or small ox and they yoke them to the big ones so that, um, you know, they can kind of learn how it is. They can walk with them, things like that, and still be like super productive and effective in the way that they're plowing the fields. Um, and when they kind of like stray the path. or when It's usually the smaller one because they're inexperienced and they get distracted and they walk off the path. It's not the smaller one who gets whipped and punished for it. It's the bigger one because the bigger one's supposed to be leading the chain and things like that. So I just like, when I watched that, I was like, so sad because it's so sad seeing animals get whipped. But that sadness translated instantly to the walk that Christ does with us. We stray the path, not him. We walk away from the Father, not Him. We chase our own agendas. We stop. We stumble. We question even whether we're walking with Jesus. We question whether that yoke that we said that we picked up, did we really pick it up? And all the while, Jesus is taking the beating for us. And every time that we try and stray the path, it's Jesus who pays for our sin. It's the biggest one, the stronger one, the perfect one with perfect faith who gets punished unjustly for what we have done. And though he says he's gentle, Jesus showed the ultimate strength under control. Though he was blameless and though he never strayed from the path his father had laid before him, he used discipline, he used his choices, he used obedience to control his strength and sacrifice everything for a greater calling. He went to the cross So this invitation could be open to us to join his yoke and we can live in close relationship to him. There's no closer relationship than being yoked to something because you're stuck together all the time. But through his name, we're allowed to stand righteously before the father. And we don't take this yoke out of obligation or religious duty, but because an invitation has been extended to us, an invitation for Jesus to say, hey, I am gentle and lowly in heart, come with me, walk with me, learn how I do it, these unforced rhythms of grace, learn how I do it and we still think that Jesus is inviting us to the yoke of slavery, the yoke of religious laws but every time that we feel like we're getting under pressure, Jesus is the one taking the beating for us, he was the ultimate strength under control. And he invites us to be led by his sweet spirit in the very same way. And that's not just for today. That's not for when we first came to church. But every single day, Jesus wants to realign our path. He wants to take the burden off us and he wants to be strength under control for us. He wants to be gentle to us. He wants us to be gentle with others. He wants to walk with us. He wants to encourage us. You can just imagine being yoked to someone else. When the going gets tough, You look over and they say, we've got this. We're going to keep going. We're going to walk. We're going to do the same as we have. I know it seems like we're under tough conditions, but we're going to keep walking. And that is what Jesus is inviting us to do. An unconditional walk together. Jesus says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Has anything else you've been tied to ever offered you to give you rest? We might get a quick high We might get a little bit of an ego stroke. Nothing ever promises us to give us rest. He says, Take my yoke upon upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let that change everything you know about Jesus if Jesus is just an experience in a church or Jesus is just what that creepy Christian does, let this be everything you know about Jesus, that he is inviting you in. He doesn't say, come to me all who are good enough. He says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. Anyone ever felt like that? Whether you've been in church for 40 years, you still might feel burdened. You might feel, all right, well, today's Sunday. I'm gonna do the things. I'm gonna just trudge through because that's what an obedient Christ follower does. That is not what someone who does relationship with Christ does. We get zealous about serving the Lord. We get zealous about walking with Christ. That message is for you just as much as it is for someone who's never encountered Jesus. All who labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest it doesn't mean that we're not going to walk it means that everything that you're carrying upon yourself everything that you feel like you've got responsibility for Jesus, the stronger one the one with perfect faith is there carrying the weight and all he is asking you to do is walk with him Um, so Brad, if you want to or if everyone wants to come back up Um, I actually just want we're just going to like go back into worship worship was incredible this morning you guys you're amazing And I mean, I can't do kind of like the emotional altar call or anything like that, but I actually just want to send um, or extend the same invitation as Jesus is. And I count it as a great honor to be able to do that, to say that if you feel like something's pulling on your heart to say, come to me and you say, I don't even know what that means. But I want that. I want rest. I want rest for my soul. I feel the weight of the world on my shoulders, not just today, but every day. I feel like the rough patch is lasting a little more than a couple of days. I feel like the rough patch is who I am now. Jesus' yoke is easy and the burden is light and He is beckoning you to come and receive it because of what he did on the cross and because of his Holy Spirit. So when, as we start kind of like worshiping and the music starts playing and you get the strength to do it, Come out the front. Let us pray for you. Let us take off the yoke of slavery, the yoke of bondage, as Paul calls it earlier in um, Galatians. Let us pray for you and invite you into a relationship with not the church, not the world, not what Christianity should look like, but with Jesus, our sweet Saviour, our Heavenly Father who walks with us through every single season. The invitation is there. It is graciously being extended and it is up to us to receive it. Whether you've known Jesus your whole life or this is the first or second time you've even heard of him. The invitation is there to all who are burdened or heavy laden.